Welcome to this week's edition of Flashback Friday, your opportunity to get some good review by listening to episodes from the past that Jason has handpicked to help you today in the present and propel you into the future. Enjoy. Welcome to the Holistic Survival Show with Jason Hartman. The economic storm brewing around the world is set to spill into all aspects of our lives. Are you prepared? Where are you going to turn for the critical life skills necessary to survive and prosper? The Holistic Survival Show is your family's insurance for a better life. Jason will teach you to think independently, to understand threats, and how to create the ultimate action plan. Sudden change or worst case scenario, you'll be ready. Welcome to Holistic Survival, your key resource for protecting the people, places, and profits you care about in uncertain times. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Jason Hartman. Welcome to the Holistic Survival Show. This is your host, Jason Hartman, where we talk about protecting the people, places, and profits you care about in these uncertain times. We have a great interview for you today, and we will be back with that in less than 60 seconds on the Holistic Survival Show. And by the way, be sure to visit our website at holisticsurvival.com. You can subscribe to our blog, which is totally free, has loads of great information, and there's just a lot of good content for you on the site. So make sure you take advantage of that at holisticsurvival.com. We'll be right back. You know, sometimes I think of Jason Hartman as a walking encyclopedia on the subject of creating wealth. Well, you're probably not far off from the truth, Penny, because Jason actually has a three-book set on creating wealth that comes with 60 digital download audios. Yes, Jason has that unique ability to make you understand investing the way it should be. It's a world where anything less than 26% annual return is disappointing. I love how he actually shows us how we can be excited about these scary times and exploit the incredible opportunities this present economy has afforded us. We can pick local markets untouched by the economic downturn, exploit packaged commodities investing, and achieve exceptional returns safely and securely. I also like how he teaches you to protect the equity in your home before it disappears and how to outsource your debt obligations to the government. And the entire set of advanced strategies for wealth creation is being offered at a savings of $94. That's right. And to get your Creating Wealth Encyclopedia series, complete with over 60 hours of audio and three books, just go to jasonhartman.com forward slash store. If you want to be able to sit back and collect checks every month, just like a banker, Jason's Creating Wealth Encyclopedia series is for you. It's my pleasure to welcome Ralph Epperson to the show. He is the author of Unseen Hand, an introduction to the conspiratorial view of history. And let's discuss the recession of 2008 to 2013, and continuing, in my opinion, and some other parts as it relates to history. Ralph, welcome. How are you? Oh, fine. Uh, Jason, thank you very much for inviting me. It's my pleasure. Well, good. Interesting stuff that you cover in the book and, and generally. So it's a pleasure to have you on the show. You're coming to us today from Tucson, Arizona, not far from me. And tell us a little bit about the book Unseen Hand, if you would. I wrote it in 1985 after teaching part-time at a community college. Uh, I didn't have a textbook for, <laughs> for my class, and my students insisted that I put my thoughts in writing because they were so unique. Uh, they were very appreciative of what I, what I had said and the way I presented it. So I decided to write the book in 1985. It's still being published, 
and in fact is being published in six foreign nations, including communist China. Well, one could definitely argue that China in in many ways is hardly communist anymore, but uh, in some ways it still is very much that way, uh, especially with the thought police and their blocking of certain websites. Let's go through some of the, the some of the major conspiratorial events in history. Can we take them chronologically, Ralph? Well, yeah, we could, a quick way to do it from the unseen hand was just to review the American Revolution, the War of 1812, and the Civil War, because they're all connected. Yeah, and then let's move up to Pearl Harbor, and, and maybe uh, before that you want to cover the uh, founding of the IRS and the Federal Reserve. But yeah, let's start in the 1800s. All of the those three wars were were uh, had one central issue, and that was the desire of the European bankers to force uh, the United States into a central bank. We didn't mm-hmm. have one. So after the American Revolution... Uh, We had created the first Bank of the United States. That lapsed in 1812. Uh, It it was uh, refused to be renewed in 1812 for a 20-year charter. So guess what happened? We had the War of 1812 between England and the United States. That that was over in 1816. They created a second Bank of the United States to run until 1832, 1836 rather. Of course, Andrew Jackson ran for re-election on a platform of Jackson and no bank or bank and no Jackson. And he won overwhelmingly because you bring people didn't want a central bank. So we didn't have a second, a second central bank in perpetuity. So they, the European bankers planned the civil war uh, in 1837, shortly after the 1836 uh, uh, ending of Jackson's eight years in office. So they planned the war with the thing called the Knights, the golden circle, the Knights, the golden circle came to America, spread secession and got Americans to fight Americans over the issue of slavery, but that was not the issue. The reason we had the war was because of a central bank. Lincoln outfoxed the bankers, issued his own money called the Greenback, and of course the Knights of the Golden Circle took him out. They assassinated him. John Wilkes Booth was a member, and uh, he killed him, and then they covered up. Uh, John Wilkes Booth lived to be 65 and died in 1903. That's another story which would probably by itself is about a 15-minute story. Anyway, that's basically what happened. We, we finally got our central bank in 1913 when they created the Federal Reserve at the, uh, after, at the insistence of uh, Woodrow Wilson and the Senate. Uh, they created the uh, – uh, it's really a private reserve. It's not federal in any sense of the way of the world. It's owned by individuals. We now know at least a little about who owns it. We'll never find out, I would say, because every time they try to audit it to find out who owns it, uh, the voting is um, negative. They won't. They won't allow uh, the government to interfere with this so-called independent Federal Reserve. Yeah, it's 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 of course ridiculous. Thank God for Ron Paul at least getting the word out, and and so many people now, so many more people nowadays are are much more aware of the scam known as the central bank or the, the Federal Reserve. But most countries have central banks, and they're operating under similar scams. But but just before before we jump on to that, you said what was the group that caused the Civil War that got Americans to fight Americans? It was called the Knights of the Golden Circle. Uh-huh. And and how did they do that specifically? Well, they, they were the European bankers met in 1836 after the central bank of the United States was allowed to lapse because of Andrew Jackson. The American people refused to create one, and they decided to have a, a second, uh, actually a third war, actually a fourth war. Well, I'm sorry, forgive me, the third war, the American Revolution, the War of 1812, and then the Civil War. And the Civil War 
was intended to create force Lincoln into the creation of a central bank to pay for the cost of the war. And Lincoln said, no, I'm going to issue the greenback dollar, which was not borrowed. So the Knights of the Golden Circle assassinated Abraham Lincoln. He was murdered by John Wilkes Booth. William Stanton, the Secretary of War, made sure that, uh, Stan that uh, Booth escaped. He lived to be 65 years of age and was poisoned in 1903 in Enid, Oklahoma. The Knights of the Golden Circle needed a, wanted to create a second civil war uh, with the continuation of the black versus white riots. They created a group called the, Knight, uh, the Ku Klux Klan. They, it was created by the Knights of the Golden Circle in 1867 to force the South into a second war against the United States. That never came about, fortunately, for the American people. And let's let's move on to the next one. When we talk about things that are so far past, I, I think some people have trouble seeing the relevance to their life today. But one that we can certainly move to, as, as you alluded to, is, is the founding of the Federal Reserve. And right after that, the founding of the Internal Revenue Service in the early 1900s. If you read Karl Marx the, uh, in this book entitled The Communist Manifesto, he says there's a 10-plank program to communize and industrialize society, two of which were a central bank and a graduated income tax. And we got both of those measures in 1913 with our first true Marxist uh, uh, president, Woodrow Wilson. He created the central bank called the Federal Reserve and gave us a graduated income tax. And the way they work together is as, you, as the uh, bank increases uh, inflation, your wages go up. And as your wages go up, you go into a higher tax bracket. So if the inflation goes up, let's say the cost of living goes up 2%, you get a 2% raise in your income, but then you pay 1% more on your income tax, so you end up losing 1%. That's what this right. is all about. Marx knew those two of them would go together, and Woodrow Wilson made sure we got them at the same time. Yeah, that's that's quite uh, amazing because the interesting thing about it is that it fools most people at the same time. You know, most people think that they're getting ahead, and maybe they do just for a short period of time, but then inflation kicks in, you know, and it's just this vicious, vicious cycle. But didn't Wilson say on his deathbed or close to it that he regretted the Federal Reserve? Yes, that's true. I don't know why he would do that, because he, he certainly knew what he was doing, because he was a Marxist. You can prove that. It's all documented in my book, The Unseen Hand. I show you how I can say unequivocally that he was a Marxist communist. So it's, he knew what the two of them, how the two of them worked together. And apparently later on, he did decide just before he died, uh, reportedly, that, that he had made a big, big mistake in creating the, the Federal Reserve. So, so what comes next? Do you want to jump to the Great Depression or Pearl Harbor or a combination of the two? Let's continue with, our, with the Federal Reserve. The Reserve was created in 1913. We had our first economic uh, uh, depression in 1920. America didn't have any depressions like that until we got the Federal Reserve. The depression, listen to this, the depression of 1920 raised the unemployment rate to 12%. The gross national product went down 17%. Uh, Warren G. Hardy was elected in 1920. And within one year, within one year, the depression was over. One year to solve a depression. Warren G. Hardy. He cut government spending. He cut the national debt. He lowered, cut taxes dramatically. And guess what? Within one year, Unemployment was down to about 6%, and at the end of the second year, it was down to 2.4%. Now, Barack Obama has been in office for four years. He's had a recession with 8% unemployment, and he can't 
solve it. Why? Why? Why can't he solve a recession in four years? A recession is less, is not as bad as a depression, but he should follow the example of Warren Harding, who solved a depression in one year. And what is that example? The example is he cut spending. He, he gave the American people their money back. They cut taxes dramatically at all levels, which stimulated the economy, which created jobs. The answer to create jobs, as even the, the many Republicans are saying, is to let the, the enterprise, free enterprise system create jobs and not the government. Uh, Warren G. Harding did not borrow money from the private reserve, even though he could. And unfortunately, for some reason, Warren G. Harding died, I guess, even in his first term. I wonder if there was a connection between his death and that of Abraham Lincoln. I don't know. Yeah, right. It's it's an interesting question, uh, no doubt. So one of the promises that the Federal Reserve made, you know, I'm not saying they made it specifically, but the, the zeitgeist of the time was saying that, well, you know, we need another central bank. I think, I believe that was our third central bank in American history. We're still saddled with its, you know, its manipulations. And, you know, one of the promises of it was that it would, it would, it would, end the the cycle the cycle of bubble creation and collapse and then another bubble and then another collapse yet we have had that like clockwork since the founding of the federal reserve back in 1913 that's correct and we got the crash of 1929 but franklin roosevelt made sure that he didn't follow uh, like barack obama he didn't follow the example of warren g harding he did everything he could to socialize or even communize the united states it took him 10 years to get out of the depression in 1920 and of course, the interesting about it is that in 1928, the very wealthy got out of the market almost as if they knew it was going to happen in October of 1929. And in my book, I show you how they did that, uh, how they created the crash of 1929 done by the private reserve. By the way, very clearly, uh, the Federal Reserve is not federally owned, it's privately owned. And there's one quick way you can confirm this is just go to a, go find a, a phone book for one of the 12 or I think there's 12 different branch uh, offices of the Federal Reserve and find them in the blue pages where the government uh, listings are under the F for federal. You'll find the Department of the Army and Department of Defense and the uh, HEW and Social Security and income tax, everything else. But the Federal Reserve is not listed. So the way to find them is in the white pages because the white pages list privately owned businesses like the Federal Reserve, uh, Federal Express. Federal Express is not federally owned, but it's listed in the F's just like the Federal Reserve is. Therefore, you could go. It's privately owned. Sure, sure. And and I don't think anybody doubts that nowadays. People understand that the Federal Reserve is about as federal as Federal Express. So <laughs> I, I don't think you'll get any, get any debate there. But it's interesting that you mention a phone book. Does anybody have or use a phone book anymore? I'm surprised they still print those things. <laughs> but that is one way to look without being mixed up on the internet, for sure. It's pretty clear cut, obviously. Well, good. Let's keep moving on here in history and come, come up to uh, current day a little bit. What do you want to cover next? Do you want to talk about Pearl Harbor? Well, Pearl Harbor, very, very quickly, uh, once you get into a federal, uh, federal, banks, uh, federal central bank like the Federal Reserve, you want to create wars because wars are very expensive and you can loan money to the government at interest. By the way, that's an interesting comment right there. Uh, why is it that our politicians do not talk about the interest on the national debt? The national debt is, what, $16 trillion, and I'll dare say we're going to pay that back 
plus enormous interest for maybe 10 or 20 years, which is why the people who are objecting to it, including myself, will point out that we, we will pay interest, which means our children's and our grand our children and our grandchildren will pay the interest on the national debt plus pay the national debt back and the federal reserve has created the money out of nothing so they're making a huge enormous profits on stuff they can create out of nothing you and i can't create some money out of nothing if we do it's called counterfeiting and when we do we go to jail the federal reserve creates money out of nothing. It's not called counterfeiting. It's called funding the debt. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I don't think there will be peace on earth until war becomes far less profitable, especially to central banks. I mean, they talk about the military industrial complex, and that's a very lucrative industry, obviously, Ralph. But but the central banking industry financing both sides of the same war is incredibly profitable. So yeah, yeah no, no question about that, especially when you can create money out of thin air. I mean, you can't create tanks, planes, bombs, and other war equipment out of thin air, but, but the money to finance war is created completely out of thin air. I mean, if I may read a one-sentence quote from uh, Thomas Jefferson. I think he's our third president. One sentence. It is incumbent on every generation to pay its own debts as it goes, a principle which, if acted upon, would save one half of the wars of the world, end quote. What was he trying to tell us? See, here's the thing. If you want to create a war, you need you can finance both sides and double your profit. That's what he's saying. So it behooves the federal, the central banks of the world to create wars, and then they can loan money to both nations. Or even in world wars like we've had in the last two or three, they can loan many nations money. It's an incredible process. Just like Mark said, it's the way to communize and industrialize society. It sure is. But it's taken them an awfully long time to try and do this. We're certainly moving in that direction. But on the, on the positive side, there are still lots of bastions of, of freedom left. We've had 100 years of the Federal Reserve. We've had, what, 98 years of the IRS. And it's hard to argue that life isn't better, in, at least materially, than it was 10 years ago or 100 years ago or any time in between. Your thoughts on that? Let's now get into the recession of 2008 and 2013, because it's also created by the Federal Reserve. Isn't that interesting? Now, let's talk about that. Barack Obama inherited a mess. But let me tell you where the mess came from. Uh, But I want to document this. People go onto the Internet and get an article written uh, September the 30th, 1999, in the New York Times. It was written by Stephen A. Holmes. And whenever the Federal Reserve, I'm sorry, whenever the New York Times speaks, it's speaking almost officially for the government. So they were telling us something by this article. Because what he pointed out was, let's start start with the first step. No bank, no banker would loan money to someone who can't pay him back. It doesn't make sense. The banker knows he's not loaning out his money. He's loaning out the money of the depositors. So if he makes bad loans, a number of them, the depositors will pull their money out and then the bank will go bankrupt. So he knows to keep his job, he can only loan to people who can pay it back. But something changed. Let's talk about how that changed. No banker, I'll just make the statement, no banker would make loans to people who can't pay it back. 
Oh, yes, he can. Listen to this. This article, I'm going to condense it because I because of the time constraints. I would, I would normally read it. It's about four sentences long. But what it says is that the Fannie Mae, which underwrites these loans of the banks, uh, was encouraged by the Clinton administration in 1999 to make loans that were not solvent. They had no way to pay them back. Wait a minute. Now, if if uh, if Fannie Mae walked, walked, in, walked into a banker here, say, let's here in Tucson, and said, "We want you to start making loans you, that we won't, you won't get paid back," the banker would say, "You're crazy. I can't do that." He said, "Oh, yes, you can." Fannie Mae will bail you out. In fact, even in the article, they quote some expert. He says, if this thing fails making these bad loans, they will have to, the government will have to bail them out. Isn't that interesting? So here's what happened. The bank started making these loans. Of course, they didn't get paid back. So they sold those mortgages to uh, the uh, Fannie Mae. So Fannie Mae is a profit maker. It says, listen, we got to make money as well. We can't make bad loans. So would you bail us out as well? So Fannie Mae got bailed out by Congress. Congress says we will bail you out because it was a good program. Everybody should have a house with a white picket fence. So then the, the uh, Congress says, well, wait a minute. We got to get bailed out because we have to borrow the money, get it someplace to make these loans back to the, you know, pay, bail out the Fannie Mae and the banks. So they said, we'll borrow the money from the Federal Reserve. Well, the Federal Reserve says, wait a minute, we can make you the loans, but we got to get paid back as well. So we need to be bailed out. And who's going to bail us out? Well, guess who? the taxpayers. Who's going to bail out the taxpayers? Nobody. Do you see what just happened? The whole thing is by design. It's by design. Notice, you just mentioned we're a little bit better now. It is not. Talk about the 8 or 10 or 20% unemployment. Here well, well, I think the real unemployment rate is about 23% now. And, you know, the underemployment is just shocking. I mean, it is shocking. I mean, this happens f somewhat frequently. I always make it a point of talking to uh, taxi and limo drivers. And I had a limo pick me up at the airport when I, when I lived in Southern California. And this was just two years ago. I remember I came back from a trip. I had a limo pick me up and I, I was talking to the driver and I said, well, you know, do you do this full time? I always try to hear what's up with them because they tend to know a lot. They talk to a lot of people. And he said, yes, I do. And I said, what, what did you do before? He, he was an older gentleman. And he said, well, I was an industrial engineer and there are just no jobs for me unless I want to move to Mexico. And I, I thought, isn't that just fitting how here we've got a highly capable, educated person with probably in the day, I don't know when he did his college work, had quite a bit of student loan debt that, by the way, cannot be discharged in bankruptcy. That's another conspiracy in my eyes to uh, create millions and millions of indentured servants and debt slaves. The, the college tuition costs have soared at two to three times the rate of reported inflation. What a scam that is. Talk about a way to impoverish tens of millions of people. It's, it's ridiculous. But he's totally underemployed. Here he is, uh, he's an industrial engineer, and he should be doing something that creates value in his line of work, yet he's driving a limo. Jason, I want you to understand, this is happening by design. Oh, sure. And understand this, it's intended to destroy the middle class. Because when, when the, this industrial engineer uh, can't uh, do anything but drive a taxi cab, his, he's... He's got debts that he's got, and those are going to have to be written off. That means that the grocery store is not going to sell as many uh, uh, foods to him. 
the ice cream store that used to get some business from him won't get it. They're not going to buy milk from the dairyman. The dairyman's not going to buy grass or grain, wherever it is, from the farmer. The farmer's not going to buy gasoline. You see what I'm saying? It magnifies all the way through the industry. This is happening by design. Okay, so here, calm down for a second. Here is the question, though. The, the question is... Why? I mean, this is the hollowing out of America theory. Make America weaker. Why? What, what is the real reasoning for this? Why would the powers that be want to do this? The answer is very clear. It's, very, it's been covered by me in a book and an eight-hour DVD and now even in a four-hour DVD. It's by design. We're going into this thing called the New World Order. It's on the back of your dollar bill. It was in, it was created by the United States Congress, or actually the founding fathers when they wrote the Constitution, and they created the Great Seal of the United States. On the back side, it says "Annu Acceptus Novus Ordo Seclorum," announcing the birth of the New World Order. The New World Order is not going to have a middle class. Okay, but why? What is the point of that? I, I, I mean, I've, you know, I've heard about that. I've read about it. I've done shows about it. What is the reason, though? What is the benefit to the Rothschild family and, and the people who really run the world? The Bilderberg Group, maybe. You know, and I'd love to get your take on that as well. But what is the benefit? The answer is in an eight-hour DVD. Oh, I can't watch an eight-hour DVD. You can watch Super Bowl for six hours. I'm asking <laughs> you and your listeners to do themselves and this nation a favor. Commit to watching conspiracy against Christianity, an eight-hour DVD that I have on the internet right now. You can watch it for free, make copies, give them away, sell them. I don't care what you do with it. Watch it. And you, you, ju- you just want to get the word out. Ralph, where can people find that, by the way? It's on the internet. Go to YouTube. Okay, so just on YouTube and type in conspiracy against Christianity? That's correct. And it might be on my website, and if it is, I'll give you the website. I'm not sure. I've got about 15 DVDs on the internet. I don't know which is which. I, they, uh, I don't put them up there. Others do it for me. But it's called Conspiracy Against Christianity. Go to my web, website, www. And then Ralph, R-A-L-P is in Petunia, H, Ralph, dash, Epperson, E is in Edward, P-P is in Peter, E-R-S-O-N, Dot com. Ralph-Epperson.com. Find Conspiracy Against Christianity. And by the way, please put away all of your previous thoughts because I'm going to blow your mind with some evidence. I'm going to explain what this new world order is and why they want it. Why did our founding fathers want a new world order? It's mind-boggling, but it's happening in front of our very eyes. But the American people don't know why it's happening, don't want to hear it, because it's very depressing and very scary. So if you want to know conspiracy against Christianity, it's on... And by the way, it is on YouTube. I found it. It's in four parts. Part one is about two hours and 11 minutes, and and then there are three other parts as well. So thanks for uh, telling us about that, Ralph. So uh, basically, the result of the new world order in in your eyes is that we'll we'll have a, a banana republic type society globally rather than just in developing or <laughs> that might be the wrong word to use actually third world countries where we have the rich elites and we have the poor and the middle class is essentially gone and certainly it would be impossible for any rational person to argue that the middle class is not under attack in America and is not disappearing in mass Jason if I may please understand that's why this DVD is 8 hours long 
I've got to lay down a lot of foundation work to go back even to the founding of this nation. Why did the founding fathers want the new world order? What did they mean by it? Listen to me very clearly. Our founding fathers gave Congress total, unlimited, despotic, tyrannical power in the Constitution. Everything this government is doing is constitutional. They were granted the power to legislate in all cases whatsoever, which means total unrestricted power. That's all covered in my four-hour DVD called America's Secret Destiny. You might want to watch that one first. That's four hours long on the internet. Watch that and then watch the eight-hour DVD. Well, that's 12 hours, Ralph. I can't. Okay, that's it. If you, if you want to know what's happening in America, you need to watch those two DVDs in that sequence. Yeah, yeah. And and, and they're not even DVDs. They're just videos on YouTube. Okay, so Ralph, that that will be the result of this. Now, what surprises me is that you say that, that most most people argue that the, the the current elite is not following the Constitution, that the, the Constitution is being completely trampled on and bastardized. However, you you're saying that our founding fathers were really in on this way back 234 years ago? Yes, and the evidence of that is in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, and in its predecessor, an act of the Parliament in 1766 called the Declaratory Act. Declaratory Act. Look it up on the Internet. It's not very long. You can print it out on one sheet of paper, print it out, read it, then read the Declaration, and then the Constitution, and you will see that our founding fathers gave Congress total, unlimited power. It's unrestricted. There is no Bill of Rights under this grant of power. And our founding fathers in the Declaration admitted that, but they gave it to Congress anyway. Do you understand? Our founding fathers betrayed us. They committed this nation to a secret destiny. And you mentioned it was going slow. They have a deadline. They knew it was going to take several hundred years to deliver the new world order. I know this is strange. Wait a minute, Ralph. What are you saying? I'm saying, yes, it's based on evidence. If I may say one thing, Jason, at this point, I'm an honorary citizen of Missouri. Uh, I, <laughs> they don't have such an honor, I'm sure, but I declared myself to be an honorary citizen. Why? Because Missouri's called the show me state. Uh, here's what I do. Somebody's got a new theory. Listen, Ralph, there's something going on in that call the um, XYZ problem. I say, show me the evidence. If he has no evidence, I don't have time. So you, ask, you should ask me to show you the evidence that I'm right. And when I do that by documentation and leading you through it step by step, you're going to have to see finally what's happening is by design of our founding fathers. Oh, I don't believe that, Ralph. That's the problem. I'm going to ask you to be on a jury. And when you're on a jury, you've got to hear both sides and be open and examine the evidence. Show me. Show me he's guilty. Show me he's innocent. Everson, show me what you're saying, and I will do so. Of course, people can watch the videos on YouTube. I'll look forward to doing that. But give out your website, if you would. www.ralph, R-A-L, P is in Petunia, H, Ralph, and then dash, Epperson, E is in Edward, P, P is in Peter, E-R, S-O-N, 
Ralph-Epperson.com. Ralph-Epperson.com. Go there and browse. It's a rather long, but I think it's very simple, very easy to follow. Everything's described. You can see what I've written and produced in 50 years of research. Okay, Ralph Epperson, author of The Unseen Hand, An Introduction to the Conspiratorial View of History. book is available, too, and thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure, Jason. Thank you for inviting me. What's great about the shows you'll find on jasonhartman.com is that if you want to learn about investing in and managing income properties for college students, there's a show for that. If you want to learn how to get noticed online and in social media, there's a show for that. If you want to know how to save on life's largest expense, there's a show for that. And if you'd like to know about America's crime of the century, there's even a show for that. Yep, there's a show for just about anything, only from jasonhartman.com. Or type in Jason Hartman in the iTunes store. Thank you for joining us today for the Holistic Survival Show, protecting the people, places, and profits you care about in uncertain times. Be sure to listen to our Creating Wealth Show, which focuses on exploiting the financial and wealth creation opportunities in today's economy. Learn more at www.jasonhartman.com or search Jason Hartman on iTunes. This show is produced by the Hartman Media Company, offering very general guidelines and information. Opinions of guests are their own, and none of the content should be considered individual advice. If you require personalized advice, please consult an appropriate professional. Information deemed reliable, but not guaranteed.